Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome in to the Believe in Mavs podcast. I'm your new host, Wyatt Huskins, here with Alex Sosopoulos. And Alex, this was a very rough game to start off my new tenure with Believe as the Mavericks drop to the Detroit Pistons in overtime. And I just I just don't know what to say. What What are your initial reactions to this game? Um, well, we're 10 and 12 now, but my initial reactions are, I can't believe we've had two games this season where a role player or a guy that I would consider to be an eight through 12 on a team has the best game of their life. So tonight it was Killian Hayes. Obviously this is the Killian Hayes game. Any Pistons fans that watch this game have a glimmer of hope that this lottery pick now can turn into something. It was absolutely clutch in the fourth quarter and he scored eight points in overtime overtime with those two kind of dagger threes back to back and then the other game I, I'm thinking about that first game of the NBA season where Damian Lee went absolutely off and it's like how do we get these that's what you want right as an NBA defense you want to make the guys that aren't there one through five first five guys their starters their crunch time players beat you and here Killian Hayes is and he uh he looks like a crunch time guy now doesn't this seem, isn't this an endemic problem? I know you said the two games, but I, I'm thinking back the last few years. Doesn't this seem to happen to the Mavs more than any other team in the NBA? Are we cursed? Is that, are we cursed? <laughs> I, I, I just can't help. Like, there's always these Mavs killers. I, Mark Followell kind of is able to po- point them out really well. Um, and it's just, it seems to be every single game like this where, where we're playing a, you know, a team, a subpar team, or like this game, the worst team in the NBA. Worst team um, in the NBA without their star player, Cade Cunningham. Correct. We're eight-point favorites. Of course, it's in Detroit, but that's never been a place, you know, except in the early 2000s where, where it's been tough to play. And we've kind of owned them. I think we hadn't lost to Detroit since 2019. And not to mention, Tim Hardaway Sr. was in the house. Ugh. We let a Tim Hardaway Sr. game go, where THJ, for the second game in a row, was was having a pretty good game, like, yeah, a, a pretty good game. Maybe, you know, he got called there at the end, but had a really good game. And I mean, this is the this this is the worst team in the league. And and not only that, you said it like the, it's not hard to play there. And the energy of that crowd was almost as low as the third quarter energy by the Mavs. Yeah. Yeah. The third quarter. I mean, the just the second half. We looked we looked abysmal. Luca doesn't get a bucket in the fourth quarter until that he misses those back to back free throws which we could talk about that, Ignazium, that's still an issue for him and the entire team. Uh, and he hits that three-pointer, I think, with probably like 50 seconds left. Um, that was his first bucket in the fourth quarter. I get it. He doesn't come in until halfway through. I think it, this game he came in in the fourth quarter around the six-minute mark. I just, I don't know what to say about the non-Luka Doncic minutes. I, I, I really don't know what the answer to that question is. And honestly, tonight, I, I know that Luka does everything for this team obviously he's the best player in the league right now in my humble opinion and he's doing everything for this team I questioned his energy throughout this game just like I questioned the Mavs energy throughout this game just because as the Mavs go Luca goes and vice versa right um I thought that to start off the game he was really three-point happy I understand that he was making them right as I say is that is that why it's because he hit those first three, three pointers. So did Tim, right? We were six for six from yes. the three point line and he kind of settles after that. 
I think so. I and that's not what this team is. Well, this team needs Luca to drive and kick. He can't just keep taking step back threes. And I know that he can make them a lot of the time, especially when he's not shooting free throws. Like you said, the two missed free throws. If he does that in a game, you know, guaranteed. Uh, if he hasn't been making his threes up until that point, he's going to later in the game because that's just how he, he's got the fish graph. I, I I don't know what his issue is. He can't make free throws and threes in the same game. It's just impossible. Um, but it's just it was it was this lack of of effort to get into the paint. And even when he was able to get past that three point arc, he just instead reverted to just backing him down and going for fadeaways. And he didn't make a lot of fadeaways this game. I know he's he's really talented and all three level scorer. But his uh, his fadeaway dirt shots today were not falling, and and I don't really know like what to say about the non Luca minutes uh, either. Like it was, you know, you expect Josh Green to come in and do his thing now that he's emerging as this, you know, uh, energy and effort. Not only that, but like a guy who can score and play make and defense. And uh, I, other than that, I have no idea what this bench is doing. I really don't. Yeah, I just I know you know this is not this is not a new thing us talking about or or any you know people that follow the Mavs Mavs fans or or reporters knowing that we have on our second unit a, a problem with playmaking creation of course that's why we go and, and use our last roster spot we drop Faku and we pick up Kemba he was in dress you know street close tonight and eventually he'll get into the rotation um I, it's just like Spencer is supposed to be that creator in that second unit. And too many times he falls into that wasting six to eight seconds of the shot clock with the ISO dribble. And I didn't feel like he was aggressive enough getting to the rack and creating other opportunities. And then, you know, similarly, we were just talking about Luca kind of settling because he, he started hot. Same thing with Tim. I mean, Tim's never been a guy that's going to break guys down off the dribble and get to the, get to the paint and slash. That's not, that's not who he is. I actually felt like he did a pretty decent job at it this game. He was pretty aggressive going to the hoop. Um, and, you know, he had a lot of in and outs. I thought like he, he really yep. felt like he was on and the shot was going to fall every time. I, I felt confident when he was releasing the ball, but we just need, we need more. And I don't know how we get it without a trade. Um, like it's a prayer that Kemba comes back and is a shell of himself from two years ago where yeah. he averaged 19 points per game. Like, I don't know what we're going to get from him. We can't expect much. Yeah, I don't think you can ask more from Tim Hardaway Jr. I think he had a really good, really, really, really good game. Probably um, the like best you game said, of his season, honestly. I think so too. I, I, I do think so. Um, I, like you said, the in and outs. That's that's what really hurt in terms of the shooting percentage because they, like you said, they looked like they were going in. It didn't look like they're like he was going to miss fifty or not fifty, like five or six shots in a row, like you have seen earlier this season. Yeah. Um, I, I would say with Spencer, and, and I don't know if if this would be a good strategy or not, because Luca is eating so much in the first quarter, is there a way to get Spencer the ball more in that first, instead of going so Luca heavy? I know we want to get Luca going to start the game, but have we seen an instance to where, you know, if he doesn't get off early that he can't just come back and do it later in the game. I feel like if we started running the ball through Spence, letting him distribute more, I know Luca has, you know, his own struggles playing off the ball. But if we were to run the offense through Spencer Dinwiddie to start the game, more so than Luca, I think that that would get him going more, you know, earlier. And that way, he takes that rest. And in that rest time, he knows, oh, hey, 
I'm cooking this game. I can go out in the second quarter and be aggressive. Whereas, you know, right now he's just kind of sitting around for, he's like, he's, he's like a, a, he's just running up and down the court right now when Luca's just dominating the first quarter. I, I don't know. What do you think about that? I like it. I think to me, you know, it, it's funny. I listen to Charles Barkley. Everyone does when they watch those TNT games. And, you know, a lot of people scratch their head at some of the comments that he makes. And every now and then I feel like he'll throw out a real gem because the guy did play Hall of Fame basketball. And every now and then he knows what he's talking about. And he was talking to Luca post game, right? Luca had the 40 point triple double against the Warriors. And he was like, why don't you play with pace? Like you play so slow all the time. And Luca was like, yeah, it's cause I'm slow. Yeah. <laughs> and the exchange is funny, whatever. But I do wish we played around with pace a little bit more. It's part of the reason why, again, I like Tim a lot in this game is because Tim gets up and down the court. Yes. Tim, he always has the green light. He's, he's kind of a, a chucker, but I do think that he pushes the pace and the same thing with Josh green. He obviously, he had, you know, two transition dunks, which I love to see. Um, and I wish that Spencer did that too, because I think at his size, he's able to push the ball and get to the rack and really challenge, you know, rim protectors and shot blockers because he's a six six combo guard. And I think a, a lot of times we don't let our offense move forward. And and even sometimes that starts with Luca holding on to the ball at three quarters court instead of pushing it up to a wing. You know, it's of course it's a personnel issue that Reggie can't kind of take that ball at the at the midline at the half court line and really do anything with it. Um, you know, he had a nice like three point and one where he got the four point play. He did miss another technical foul shot, which yep. I feel like I've seen Reggie do too many times. Yep. I, and I get Luca's a seventy two percent free throw shooter. Luca, and, and this is probably for this off season coming into next season, needs to be the guy that's that's shooting those technical free throw shots. And he did make one, but they took it away from him. Right, right. Or Tim, like if Tim, if Tim has found his shot, then I guess Tim should take every single free throw. There was a funny, speaking of free throws, there was a funny moment in the game. I can't remember. It was definitely late where Christian Wood was like, no, it was a shooting foul. It was a shooting foul. And I was like, no, Christian, we don't want you going to the free throw line because I know you're going to miss. And I think maybe he went one for two, but. Um, I love his confidence, but I feel like at that point, it's like, I just want to have a higher PPG. I don't really care, uh, you know, about like getting the ball out of bounds and getting a better shot opportunity. Yeah, I, I you know, when it comes to the free throws, I, like you just can't keep shooting yourself in the foot. Like, yeah, this is just like the last what, like three weeks or something like that. It's been it's been pretty atrocious. Uh, it was to start off the season with a few guys and now it seems to be everybody. Right. Um, I mean. I really don't know what the what the solution is unless it's everybody, you know, before the game. Hey, everybody gets to shoot 100 free throws and see who's making it. You know, like at this point, you got to do something. Um, another another way that I think that we could maybe curb this this energy getting out in transition early, especially early in the game. Like, I don't understand why Jason Kidd hasn't played with the lineups, especially the starting unit. I know this has been a big thing on Twitter. And uh, the Dallas media is asking him about it now. And he's like, hey, stop asking me about it. But it needs to be addressed at some point because this, I mean, even with THJ being inserted into the lineup, like that's not, that's not enough at this point. Like you're having just Luca, like I said, he's, he's popping off early, but it's just, it's just kind of him. And then when he finds the open three point man, 
they're getting the shots in, uh, or unless it's, you know, Reggie Bullock, then it's, you know, not going anywhere close to the hoop. Um, however, I would say another lineup instead of, hey, let's get Christian Wood in the lineup, you know, like that, that's an easy solution. I don't think it's as easy, you know, as people want to say it is because he is obviously lacking in a lot of departments, especially his defense, specifically his on-ball defense is atrocious, especially when he's... And the split defensively that the Mavs had, the shared minutes of Luka, Dinwiddie, and Wood on the court, it's abysmal. Yeah, I think it's like the worst defensive rating like for any lineup out there in the NBA. So don't maybe don't put them on the court for, for more than you know, five minutes in a game. Yeah, I, I wouldn't. And I, and my solution to that would be, I, I love the Maxi Kleba combo with, with Christian Wood. I think that he makes up for a lot of the things that Seawood uh, lacks, especially when it comes to um, rotating on the weak side. Like Maxi is an elite rotation player on the weak side as a defender. Like uh, that's just that he's one of the best in the NBA. And instead of having Spencer in the lineup, I know that he is, you know, probably our second best second best player. Um, maybe it's a tie between him and C. Wood. Uh, but I would if we're if we really want to get that energy going, I, I would go with Luca, Green, Dorian, Christian Wood, Maxi. I think that is your best lineup to start a game because you know Josh Green's going to bring the energy every single night. Doe is the same way. He doesn't really show it. I don't think as much. I don't think you can see it as much as with Green because Green is so much faster and so much more athletic. But yeah. Dill comes in and he does his job every single night. Like that is so not you want you want Dwight Powell coming off the bench. Yes, I think he should be the energy igniter off the bench. Absolutely, I think he does so much so many good things for this team, except for rebounding and shot blocking. Those like the two things that you need a center to do. Yeah. He can't do them, which is so unfortunate. But he is such a good in every other aspect of the game, you know, for his position and for his skill set. Like he is, he's you know, a plus energy, a plus role, a plus screener. Like he is a perfect combo to go. I think. I mean, obviously with Luca, right? Because he, him, and Luca right. have this weird, strange, amazing connection. But with a guy like Spencer, who really likes to drive the ball, if you're able to get him into the game, you know, and he's automatically, you know. Hey, go look for your shot. Go go run the offense. You know, Luca's going to play more off ball, which is something you know I said earlier. But um, if, if he's if they were to adjust the lineup like that, say, hey, Spence, go get yours, and he's running those screening rolls with with uh, Dwight. I, I don't see how that's not a recipe for se- success because you have to change something. Like this is not right acceptable. You just can't you just can't keep doing this. There's so many points in this game where it's just like, dude, you got to change something, and it doesn't seem to be happening. Yeah, I I mean, as long as, because Luke is playing the, the whole first quarter, so if you get half of that with Dwight, I don't mind that because, like you said, like their connection is, um, you know what what really keeps Dwight alongside all of his his intangibles on the court because in that pick it's and Luka. roll, yeah, in that pick and roll though he is really a threat, and to have a vertical lob threat, um, for Luca in in that scenario, I think is just really really helpful, and obviously Maxi doesn't provide that on you know pick and roll situations all he can do is pop and his shot really hasn't been falling so um i know as a as a Mavs fan watching every time he rips an open three right now the way that he's been shooting i expect it to to clank um but that can be fixed with one good maxi game where he hits six threes right absolutely i yeah i mean i think the team's that are playing the Mavs defensively have have shown so many double team looks to Luca in the second half 
I'm surprised that there haven't been more like set pieces called to that where walking the ball up the court, if you're going to do that, great. But knowing that like Seawood's going to hop up to the high post or he's going to go to the, the, the top of the key or something like that. And, and Luke has to take it to the wing, draw the double. And there's going to be a, a weak side backdoor. Cut. I'm just saying like, I'm making this up off the top of my head, but some sort of set play because it's happening in the last six minutes of the game, almost every single possession offensively when we're, you know, when we're bringing it um, out on a, a non fast break or a non secondary break. So I just feel like there hasn't been enough play calling from a coaching standpoint. And I know that like, that's asking for a lot. A lot of NBA head coaches rarely call plays, maybe three to five a game. Um, you know, you've got your sets off of the inbounds, but that's basically it. It's not college. It's the NBA. You let your players do the do their thing, but we're so anemic on offense in the second half that we I think we need it. And yeah, unless you're gonna give more trust in ball handlers like Spencer and have him and just say like Luca, like go run to the corner. And like we'll we'll go double screen for you. We'll do we'll do whatever, and we'll try and loosen you up, and then get some of that action going, and have Spencer just bring it up just to just to show the defense something different. Um, I'd like to see more from Kid in in that from that standpoint. I think we saw. I think one of the recipes for success in this department, and a couple times in this game with with Josh Green coming up from the baseline and and curling around the screen and getting the ball in the middle of the court, and he made a couple of great passes. Like I yeah. I don't I I know that they're talking about giving him more responsibility. Why not give it to him now? He's uh, to me he's already demonstrated like a quarter of the way through the season that he can handle almost everything you're throwing at him, especially with his confidence and his ability to drive. I think the confidence of the shot is great. The corner three is awesome. Cool. His confidence getting to the rim and either, you know, getting hacked and go to the free throw line or, you know, hanging in the air for this ridiculous amount of time to just lay it up and throw it off the, off the square. Like it, his decision making on those plays was, was amazing. He found the shot, the shot in the corner. I don't know. I can't remember who he, through it to but like yeah. he has this this weird set of skills that is so perfect to fit in a lineup with Luka Doncic like he is such a great playmaker shooter he can kind of dribble and he can drive and he is a great defender like I mean he at this point he may be our second or first best defender on the team um maybe a little bit overzealous at times like I think it was in the second quarter um when he was on Jaden Ivey and he was just a step or two too close on a guy yeah. who loves to drive the ball and is really good at it. And you don't really need to be that close. I know he had a three in overtime. Um, but how many of those was, did he miss though? Yeah, exactly. In the third and fourth quarter. I mean, yeah, exactly. I, yeah. You got to sag off that guy. I, talk about the Pistons a little bit. Like their first round picks looked really good in this game. Yeah. Jalen Duran. You want to know why we, we like we missed, JaVale McGee, I guess, in this game, I guess. It's more so that, like, we just miss a, a true rim protector and, like, yeah. a starting caliber center on this Mavericks team, um, you know, like we had with Chandler and the 2011 championship run. And I, I we really missed it, though, because Duran was dominant on the offensive glass. Their team was dominant on the offensive glass. Yep. Um, I think he had, like, six dunks in this game. And then Ivy was really impressive, too. Straight line speed-wise, like, crazy he's up he's up there with Morant I I like Morant's quicker than him for sure but 
they're very similar um, in, in that respect when they get their, their full steam drive going straight up and down. And, you know, the, the other guys like Maxi, of course, is, has that straight line speed. But I, I'd put him at the top of the lead in that respect. So really impressed with them. Um, I hate watching Sadiq Bay hit threes against us, although I, I'd have, you know, come to love Josh Green, obviously, and what he's been doing this year. I, at, when are we going to see Hardy? Like, at, at what point is he going to get some minutes? Because Spence is great. I mean, you're talking about him being that that versatile, like, ball handler guy who can play in multiple roles like many of the Mavericks players can't. But even in the pick and roll scenario, Spence is not great. He's better ISO it, off of a switch and breaking down a big. But I think Hardy's like Hardy's shot off of the dribble mid-range and what he's shown that he can shoot um, in the G League. I mean, shooting like what, like 48% from three or something, yeah, something like, like that. Yeah, something like that and the on, highest points on, per game too. Yeah, on like nine three-point attempts per yeah, game. That's the crazy. Like, that's the craziest number to me. Like put, put the guy in. Put the guy in. Yeah, put put him in. We have no one else that can create off the dribble. Like we're asking Josh Green to do that, and Josh Green could could dribble halfway up the court, and I, I you know, he might bounce it off his leg at some point. Like I, yeah. I love the guy, but like he's he's a, he's a two three, and he's supposed to be a corner shooter, run up and gun, and and you know dunk it on the break and and give us some awesome crowd plays. But like we got to figure other stuff out, and I really want to see like Kemba and Hardy get a shot. I don't understand why the third quarter wasn't the opportunity to to, to get Jaden into the game. Like Against like I the said, Pistons, the worst team in the NBA. And we had such a I mean it was just such a low low effort quarter, low energy quarter. Like this kid wants to play. Like his his the videos I've seen of him especially when it comes to off the court stuff, like he is happy go lucky ready to do whatever it takes to be a part of this team. That's what it seems that's that's just who he seems to be as a person. Why not let him show that on you know, the basketball court, like, I don't understand, like in his hometown against the worst team in the league, yeah. like give him a run. Like, like Jay kid is sitting here saying like, Oh, I hope, I hope he'll have the opportunity to play. Like, dude, like you run the rotations. Like this is, right, right. This is not anybody else. Nico's when, not calling you down. When is the moment small enough for him to get in the game? You know, like I get Does it. You don't, play against, blowout? you don't want to play him against the, the first game that you're playing a regular season against the Warriors, the team you lost in in the conference finals last last year that's fine i i completely understand they have savvy defensive rotations they've got draymond in there like you don't want to really thrust him in there and, and play a rookie major minutes against that team but against this team ivy's on the court at the very end of the game killian hayes who is basically left for dead but somehow has to get minutes on this team because th- their rotation's so bleak ends up having a, an excellent game i mean th- that's valuable experience for a rookie like hardy I'm so surprised that kid, it was something that always frustrated me about Rick Carlisle was that he was, he was so want to play rookies. He hated doing it. And now kids kind of falling in, in the exact same habits. And I felt like he wouldn't do that. And he would never be the guy to do that. Cause he's, cause he's a guy that played for so long in the league. Um, but yeah, I mean, eventually we'll see it. We have to, right. I hope so. And now Carlisle's the guy playing the rookies and has maybe the rookie of the year favorite right now, like yeah, candidate. I, love, I mean, I love Matherin. He's so good. He's so, I mean, he's, he's an excellent, he's an excellent player. Uh, and it's so odd to see the shift, especially because he's got, su- I mean, Carlisle has such a young team up in, up in Indy. It's like, it's crazy to see like the, the 180 that has just completely happened. And maybe, I mean, I hope it's not 
I hope it's not front office driven. I mean, obviously it's a whole new, you know, front office than when Carlisle was in here, but there's one holdover and it's the owner. And this guy is like the most hands-on owner in the NBA apparently. Right. So yeah. I, I hope it's not him. I, it doesn't seem like something that, uh, that Cuban would do, but I mean, it's like, dude, like J kid, like, what do you do? Like, this is the opportunity. And there's, we're obviously not blowing out teams. Like this is not, that's not happening anytime soon it doesn't seem so yeah, you gotta you gotta make we play yeah, our competition. I mean, yeah it is it is so ugh, gosh it is so frustrating and and this i don't know it's been an, it's been a problem for several years especially the luca years where we play down to our competition um and i i, I don't know if it's coming from him or not like i i love luca luca is obviously the best like i said earlier the, the best player in the league um i i just don't know what where that issue stems from like he is the the you know the holdover of like the top guys right and you know Timmy's still bringing it every night like I, I don't question his energy I question his uh, closeout ability I think he has probably the worst closeout in the NBA it seems just he just kind of does this weird like just swat at the ball I don't really understand it it's it's, it's not you think good it's worse it's, than Spence's Spence's is pretty terrible too uh, we got a lot we got a lot of guys who can't close out it seems I mean that's why we lost this game is because yeah. we played pitiful defense uh, like scored- terrible. Has scored 100 points in the th- going, you know, before the third quarter had even ended. Um, that's that's the second time that's happened, like in the last two games. So, and this was one of the top three best defensive teams in the NBA last year. What's going on? What's going like, on with that? And we're supposed I mean, to be I, uh, the best one. Like we're that's supposed to be our our identity. Right, right. That's like you bring kid in, and that seemed seemingly became like the DNA of our team. And we got our superstar, who you are saying is the best player in the NBA. And when he's cooking, I think so too. And now we're we're gonna say like, okay, Luca's having the best season he's ever had defensively. And as a mm-hmm. team, we suck. Like, yeah. I, yeah. I mean, I I don't really know what the the I don't know what to do. And I'm sure like Nico is, is kind of saying the same stuff. Like I, what can we really do outside of just like small tweaks on the, on the roster, small tweaks on the rotation. But of course, when you tweak something on the rotation, we know that kid is going to say like, you need 10 games to really see what happens with it. Right. You need 10 to 15 games to actually see if it has any sort of impact. We don't have 10 to 15 games. We're now two games under 500. We're a quarter of the way through the season. Um, I hope that we don't squander what currently would be a Luca MVP season. But if we don't make the playoffs, if we don't make the play in, like he's certainly not going to win. Oh, of course not. And I, I can't believe, like, speaking of the bad defense, we haven't even mentioned Bogdanovich. 30 points, like 30 he's, points. He's just a Mavs 14. killer. He's a Mavs killer. He's, he is a Mavs killer. Not in the playoffs. But in the regular season, I don't know. I felt like he was. I felt like he was their best player in that series against us, at least from like a shot creation and shot making standpoint. I know he missed that huge three, but I felt like he was. He gave us fits. I mean, Mitchell was so off that series, and Gobert just sucked. So, like, I, I, Boggy's a great. I mean, he's he's a guy I really enjoy watching because he's one of those guys where it's like he has no business athletically being as good of an NBA player as he is. But even that that catch and shoot three where he didn't even pull the ball beneath the shoulders. Yeah, that was crazy. That's how you know he's a shooter. Right. 
Right. That's how, I mean, that's what Hart said all, on the broadcast. <laughs> yeah, it's all feel. That's all feel at that point. And he was he was feeling it tonight. So I wish we had gotten this win against the Pistons. We have a gritty win against the Warriors. Now we get Jalen Brunson and the Knicks on Saturday. Um, it would have been nice to kind of have, have two wins under our belt. But now it's another head scratcher. And this is not a great Knicks team. You know, a lot of people are, are saying that they they kind of have the same conundrum that we do, except that we have Luca and and they have. I I heard a broadcaster the other day say the Jalen Brunson led Knicks, which I love Jalen Brunson. All Mavs fans, he's should. great. Yeah, you got to be an all star before you're before you're a, a or a first you know a top three first round pick. You could say the Paolo Bancaro led Magic. I wouldn't even say the Jaden Ivy led Pistons. Like he, it's very few players that get that nomination. Um, but I'm. But unfortunately, he's he's probably the best player they've got. Um, so we'll we'll see. I don't know. Do you do you have like marginal expectations for this game on Saturday, or what's your? I mean, I I thought that after the Golden State win, I thought that that was kind of momentum swinger towards yeah. hey, let's go get this win against Detroit, really easy peasy, and then we'll bring that energy and say, hey, JB, you left us let's show you what what you left yeah and then you put up this stinker like for an 11 30 a.m game in new york where i mean madison square garden could potentially be like absolutely raucous because there because there is a huge potential for new york fans to come from watching the soccer game u.s netherlands be absolutely hammered and yeah. come into Madison Square Garden with so much noise for an 11.30 a.m. game that could just absolutely rock the morale of this team. That's like, point. probably not Luka, because he's used to playing in Europe, but every single other player could be shell-shocked. Like, I wouldn't be surprised. Um, and, and, I, and I hate to say that. I, I hate to say that because, like, there's some dogs on this team. Like, Doe is a dog. Luka is a dog. But some of these guys, you like, they're not, they don't really have that dog mentality, especially like guys like Maxi. Like, I love Maxi as a defender, but dude gets so scared at times. Like, like you said, like, you're just not expecting him to, to make any shot that he's taking right now. Yeah. Like, there's a huge possibility for JB to be, you know, he feels disrespected from the offer that the Mavs gave him. Madison Square Garden is going to be raucous. And who knows, maybe. Maybe RJ Barrett has a good game. Maybe Julius Randle has a good game. Like there, there's endless possibilities for this game to go bad for us. And there's, n- I don't see a whole lot on the other side of, man. There's so many opportunities for us to just blow this Knicks team out because they're not that good. I just don't see that when we're playing so up and down, especially after this loss. I just don't. I'm not. My oh, hopes aren't high. To answer your question. Yeah, I think just looking ahead to the game look and see what really, really beat you against this Detroit team. And it was additional opportunities that they got on the offensive glass. Absolutely. So communicate that to the personnel, make sure that they know that, you know, you're since you're the last in pace in the NBA, who cares? Why don't all five of you crash a defensive glass? It doesn't matter because yeah. you're going to walk the ball up the court anyway. Um, the, the nice thing is the Knicks aren't a great three point shooting team. Um, so I think, you know, if, if we shoot hot in this game, you know, that, that bodes well for us. Um, I can't wait to see some, some Luca post up on JB moments. Cause you know, it's going to happen at least twice in the game. Um, 
they're they're obviously really good buddies. Up you that think more number, than that? I think. I think way more than that. I think Luke is going to hunt it down. To he be should. honest, I know. I, I, yeah. And he he's well, he, he loves to go does. after the he matchup. Does. Yeah, yeah. He's a he's a matchup seeker. It's really smart, you know, in the way that he plays. And obviously, you, you hope that he does that too to conserve energy. Thing about JB though is obviously he's got he's got you know four or five inches on him, but JB pushes back. J, JB is a is a guy that does not give up an inch. He's really tough. And he's super strong for his size. Um, it's just so funny. Like his game has developed so much, Jalen Brunson, and how much he plays like Luca now. Yeah. And uh, it's just it'll be fun to watch the two of those guys. And they're they're obviously really good friends. Um, you know, they that's have why whole... I think it'll be up. I think I think yeah. Luca's not only for the matchup. I think he like not not to like embarrass JB or anything. I think it's just gonna be like a friendly like, hey, I'm coming at you. Like you better be ready. Yeah. Yeah, it's gonna be a good game though, and uh, Wyatt and I will 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 hop on the mic afterwards, and hopefully we have some good things to say. Because here, I'll just tell you this, Wyatt: if if the losses start adding up, then I start getting into the the point where like I won't even talk about the game that just happened, and I'll just I'll just get you know what's going on down the line. Yeah, I'm, I'm reserving my I'm reserving myself from from giving out a take right now because Tim had a really good game. Um, I'll just say it though, but in the back of my mind, I'm like, okay, the better Tim plays, the more value he has. And what can we get for that? Um, I think about that every day. Yeah. Yeah. But I, unfortunately, but but like you said, Tim's a, Tim's a dog though. Like he goes out there and he gives it his all. Like I, he's a competitor and I'm, I'm grateful that he's on the Mavs because he's pushing other guys to do that. And he, I think at this point in his career, he knows his role. He doesn't try, he doesn't try too, too much. Um, one, one last, I think fun little thing we should do here. You've got your, your Hobbit poster behind you. Um, give me a, give me some sort of pop culture, like fantasy crossover from, from this game, like a takeaway or like a comp that you can make. doesn't have to be Lord of the Rings. Could be Marvel, yeah. could be whatever you want. Uh, but I, I just, I'm, I'm testing you a little bit here. Yeah, I, I would say. Man, this is, I'm not really sure. I feel like, man, that you you really, you you may stump me on this one because I'm a huge nerd. Um, I'll even show you. I have a, I have a little tattoo here. Um, that's, that's the binary sunset from episode four, uh, Star Wars, A New Hope. Wow. Um, right there on my forearm. Yeah, I'm a huge nerd. Um, that's my, that's my secret. That's, that's the, that's on the inside. My sports, I, I lay it on my shoulder, ha- have yeah. it on my sleeve, but my nerdiness is inside. Um, and you've you've asked it to come out on the spot, which who I wish I was a little bit more prepared. Um, it, just the let's like the low energy, the low effort. Like, let's go back to the Hobbit. Let's do the Hobbit when the dwarves are. They don't think that they think that they've they've lost. They 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 can't get into the mountain. Mm. They think that Durin's days passed. They're, they're, oh. That's what that entire game was like, especially the third quarter. Like there was a couple of moments in the fourth where. Hey, Thorn grabs the key right as you think everybody's just gonna leave, and that's that's awesome. But then it was just like, oh, hey, we're just gonna rewind like one minute and go back to that same energy because that's what we feel like this game. That's what we feel like we need to bring for this competition for this level of four yeah. competition. And that's, I mean, it really showed. So I, I hope love that. I love that. I, I hope we can see the. Uh, what is it? Is it a lark? What's what's the bird that they see? that uh it's, i can it's banging it's banging the nut right, right there on the on the mountain um right. bilbo's got to see it and we hopefully luca's our bilbo and and he's 
showing the way to the rest of the the rest of the guys on the Mavs. Uh, the one consolation I think that the two of us have is that we are also both Texas Longhorns, and they had an awesome win against the the Providence Friars tonight. Uh, no, not Providence. It was a uh, Creighton. Creighton, yes. the the Blue Jays, who are a top ten team, um, and obviously Texas is is number two. I don't I don't think we have a regular season game scheduled against Houston, who's now number one. But I wish we did because, you know, obviously the the in Texas rivalry between those two teams, I can't I I don't even know if there's ever been a time in NCAA where Houston and and UT were ranked one and two. Probably not, not not since I've I mean. Definitely not since I've been on this earth and been paying attention to sports. Yeah. Um, and prior to that, I personally, I don't think so. I mean, anybody can con- correct me if I'm wrong, but it's it's a special time for Texas basketball. It definitely is. That that Moody Center looked rocking. Who would be if the Mavs could take one of the guys from the Texas men's basketball team, who would we go grab? I mean. Got to be Mitchell, right? I Right now, Brock Cunningham is balling out, and I just oh want to shout gosh. him out. Not that that's oh. the answer. Not that that's the answer. I just want to shout him out because he had a plus eighteen in the in the box score tonight, plus minus. I just want to shout him ball? out for having a great season. He's not my answer. Mitchell's probably my answer. Yeah. However, I wanted to give Brock a shout out. Shout out, Brock. Yeah. Shout out, Brock. He's gritty, gritty guy. All right, gritty guy. Hey, Mavs need some grit. We do. We do. That we do. That we do. Okay. Uh, thanks, everybody. Thanks, thanks, Mavs fans. We'll have another episode, Believe in Mavs, on Sunday. Uh, what is that? The the fourth, December fourth, with a, a recap from that Knicks game. I think Check it's me. the third. I think today's, it's the third. Today's the first. Today's the first. So that today is the first. Are we gonna hit? We gonna hit him up on Saturday post game? Oh, I mean, uh, we'll I can see. record whenever. We'll, we'll see. see. It's it'll either be Saturday or Sunday, but be looking out for it and uh, go Mavs and also go USMNT. Hopefully Christian Pulisic is back in there. We we want the U.S. to win. The Yanks. Uh, We're going through. We're going through. We're going to the round of eight. Let's, let's go. Let's do it. Let's do it. <laughs> let's right. go. Let's go, Mavs. Get ahead of postage rate increases this year with Stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM.